With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello, Badger fans, and welcome to another edition of Bucky's Fifth Podcast. As always, Tyler Hunt and Matt Bell is here covering everything Wisconsin athletics. On today's show, we, of course, have a huge Big Ten West game to break down between Purdue and Wisconsin, so we'll get into our regular game week schedule. We'll touch on what the offense looks like they're going to need to do, what the defense is going to have to try and do to slow down uh, a star wideout in David Bell, which is basically the entire Purdue offense. We'll also get into, of course, some key matchups, some score predictions, players we think will have some impact. At the beginning here, we'll talk a little bit of recruiting as we've got some updates, and that's really kind of all the news we've got. But overall, it should be a fun and full show of football to get you ready for this huge uh, Big Ten West contest. Matt, how are you this morning? I'm doing great. Yeah, no, I, th- I think this is going to be a, a, a huge matchup this weekend, and it's just kind of crazy to see that Purdue's ranked and the Badgers are not. I, th- I think most people would have um, laughed at that statement earlier um, in the in the summer, but here we are, and, and Purdue's <laughs> ranked, and the Badgers have uh, are coming in ranked fi- or, uh, with a 500 record. Yeah, here we are. It has been a wild college football season for sure, and uh, we'll likely have more fireworks as we move on through the rest of the season at basically the half point way now. Uh, before we get into the Purdue game, we, I did mention we've got some recruiting stuff to talk about. There's been some updates. Um, there was a visit last week at the Army game, some other news that has came out. So you want to give the people a little rundown on uh, what's going on on the Wisconsin football recruiting front? Sure, yeah. Jade Knott, um, running back out of California, came on an official visit. Um, we'll see kind of when he is looking to make a decision. Um, if he makes a decision, it's, it sounds like it Wisconsin-Colorado, but then there's some other teams in the Pac-12 sniffing around. We'll see if he takes any more visits. If he doesn't take any visits, I would think that uh, I think the Badgers would be in a really good spot here and and. Given the mass exodus of running backs, I think it would be very helpful to, to bring him in. Um, and then the other um, less positive news, Billy Schroth, um, in-state offensive lineman, four-star kid, uh, took an official visit to the Badgers over the summer, also visited once again for the home opener against uh, Penn State. But he is really down to Notre Dame, Ohio State, and Wisconsin. He has picked up a couple of um, – a couple of crystal balls here recently uh, to Notre Dame. They led early in this recruitment. It's been all over the place. There's some family, um, parents wanting in certain places. Um, you know, dad has been kind of pretty adamant that he wants him at Notre Dame for a while now. Um, and so we'll see. It sounds like he, he might be taking a visits, more visits. We'll see if that means more visits to Wisconsin as well. But um, 
it seems like it's trending Notre Dame a little bit here, but we've seen his uh, his recruitment kind of ebb and flow ever since we had him on the podcast right away since he got his offer. Yeah, I like that you mentioned that. We had him on, and, and I kind of got the feeling that, I guess uh, maybe you'll agree, sometimes when you have a kid on, you can kind of get a feeling that, you know, they're they're kind of they're not saying it, but you can just the way they're talking about certain things that they're leaning Wisconsin. I didn't necessarily get that when we talk, spoke with him. It did feel like Notre Dame was in the lead, and that was still we had him in, on quite a while ago, and that was very early in his recruitment. So it makes sense at that point. So that was always one where I thought you know hopefully Wisconsin can can keep themselves in the picture, make a push for it. But I would not be all, that all surprised if uh, a player like him ended up at uh, Notre Dame. If we're Ohio State, obviously a bigger disappointment for sure there. But uh, it certainly seems like that is, is leaning um, the, the Notre Dame way, but still a little bit of ways to go, and hopefully Wisconsin can make a push because, of course, you don't want to let those in-state um, talented kids get out of your grasp, but sometimes they do. We've seen a, a couple slip through the cracks, and, and there's certainly a situation there. As for Jay Knott, plenty of carries are going to be available uh, going here soon. I know Braylon Allen's, of course, emerged as a youngster, but there's been a lot of uh, – uh, running backs leaving the program, so I, I think Wisconsin will certainly be pushing hard to land a kid like him. Yeah, and tremendously talented kid that I think would really add something to the room. So hopefully they can they can close that one out um, because I, I do think that there's going to be more offers going out here for the Badgers. There's going to be a little bit more interest in recruitment when you consider the fact that there's been a few guys leaving the program there's going to be scholarships available and how the Badgers kind of round out this class which is pretty small or do they they bank a couple of them thinking we're going to hit the transfer portal because we've got a lot of older guys leaving as well is specifically on the defense so I, I think there's going to be a lot of a lot more movement personnel wise this year than than maybe what we're used to which comes with um, having a year that maybe didn't live up to expectations, but also comes with just the way that the transfer portal has kind of shifted college football a little bit. Yeah, certainly will be interesting to keep an eye on both of those as their recruitment develops. Very talented players that Wisconsin will have, you know, still have both of them very high on their respective boards. So hopefully Wisconsin can make a push and, and land uh, a couple of those guys. With, with all the talent there, you certainly want to put your best foot forward and see if you can give yourself a shot. All right, that wraps up the recruiting talk. So why don't we go ahead and get into this Big Ten West matchup between Purdue and Wisconsin. Of course, the Badgers have won 14 straight against the Purdue Boilermakers. Did not play last year. Last time, of course, they played in Camp Randall. Wisconsin picked up a victory um, in an interesting game. So we don't really have a – I mean, we know what Purdue is kind of going to be, but it's going to be different than the last time they've seen them. Um We'll start offensively with the Badgers trying to move the ball against what has become a Purdue defense that is much better. You're not used to hearing a situation where Purdue defenses are, are really, really good, but so far this season, this Boilermakers unit has been really good, 13th in total defense, been really really good against the pass, 30th in rushing defense. So um, overall, a, a completely improved unit from where this Purdue uh, defense has been under Jeff Brom. So what do you think the Badgers are going to look to do to move the ball against this group? I mean, we talked about it last episode. We kind of know the blueprint of this offense, and it doesn't really matter who they go against, but it just maybe is just how much level of success they're going to have against some of these respective groups. Yeah, I think they're going to they're going to try to run the ball. Um, that that seems to be 
um, the plan this year. I mean, that's been the plan for 30 plus years here. But um, I, I think you got to hope that you can get some some success on the ground. Um, that means Ches Lucy, Braylon Allen, with with Garendo no longer in the picture because of injury, Berger no longer in the picture for from the dismissal. I think those are the two you're going to lean on. Those are probably your your most dynamic options in in the running game. And then and then I'm hoping that they get. Um, some easy throws to guys like Danny Davis, Kendrick Pryor. Let them try to get them in space a little bit. Chimray DK, um, just just simple stuff. Those now routes, those those quick hitters that they can try to say, okay, make the guy miss, make get us five six yards and see if you can bust it further. So I think that would be my plan going into it. I, I think Wisconsin will for sure do the running um, portion, but in terms of passing the ball, I, I think that's where um, it's. We'll see, I guess, just because Wisconsin has has kind of been all over the place in terms of their their plan of attack in the passing game. So I think th- that would be my plan. We'll see if that's what they actually go because I do think that they're going to need to get the ball out fairly quick. This is a um, Purdue defensive line that is really good. That now they don't get after the quarterback to an outrageous rate. They're 91st in the country, averaging a few less sacks per game than the Badgers, but they still have playmakers up front that are able to kind of get in the backfield and muck things up for you. I mean, George Karloftis is, in all honesty, probably the best player on the field um, when Wisconsin's offense is out and Purdue's defense is out there. He's going to be a a first-couple-round draft pick, a junior out of West Lafayette who opted to stay home. He's really talented. He's kind of come on these past four games with a sack in three out of four. And so he's a guy that – how Wisconsin's offensive line can kind of track him is going to be really important, as well as a guy like Branson Dean, who is their defensive tackle inside, who who had a really big game against Iowa as well. Um, he and, and so I, I think this is going to be one of those where Wisconsin's offensive line is going to have to 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 be better, and, and Wisconsin is going to have to throw the ball a little early um, because we saw when what happens against Michigan if they try to hold onto the ball too long. Yeah, I think that part is going to be fascinating. The Wisconsin, you know, offensive line against the Purdue defensive line and just their front seven in general, which has a lot of good athletes. Not not the biggest unit up front. And, you know, normally a, a game like this, Wisconsin would come in and say, okay, you know, we can lean on the Wisconsin and the offensive line, really get our linemen downfield and, and bust these big runs. That's what's led to, you know, this 14-game winning streak against Purdue is just some dominating run performances. But – the offensive lines with some of those groups has been different, and the Purdue defensive line, I would say, is much improved. This is the best defense under Jeff Brown by far, at least statistically so far. So you're, you're going to see a situation where Wisconsin's really going to try to establish the run, but I agree with you. I think there are going to be some times where some sort of creativity in the passing game has to be there, some just other wrinkles offensively. I mean, we, we talked about last week with this Army game, that was one of the – I mean, there's been some bland and vanilla game plans. That last week was one of them. And if you're going up against a group like this, I don't know if you're going to be able to get away with that same game plan. So having some other wrinkles in there, some quick passes. I mean, we've talked about it you know, so many times, jet sweeps and, and motions and stuff like that, which we, we just haven't seen. I, at this point, you can't really – again, I can't really hold your breath to expect to see it. But some sort of creativity is going to have to be there, and, and whether it's getting the ball outside quick to Kendrick Pryor, Danny Davis, just trying to get the ball in, in some of these other guys' hands. Because as great as Braylon Allen has been, 
you can't go into a game plan just saying, you know what, this is going to be the guy. We're going to lean on it. If it doesn't work, we're just going to try and rely on the defense to to win the game because that can only get you so far. And Wisconsin's defense will certainly keep them in it, but they're going to need to find ways to uh, create some other plays, create some offense, put points on the board because this Purdue uh, offense is nothing nothing to slouch at either. Yeah, I mean, I, I just I think Wisconsin needs to get to that you know, 27-point mark. If they can get to there, I think you have um, trust in the defense that that can win you the game. But but I still have questions if they can get there because we haven't necessarily seen that consistently from this team. Um, and, and really, this is a Purdue team that has been way better defensively, right? Like, they rank in the, in the top two or three in most statistical categories defensively uh, in the Big Ten and have really made a nice jump, specifically in scoring defense. Last year they were about 30th. This year, uh, I mean, gave up about 30 points per game. This year, 14. So you can see that they've made a sizable leap um, under some new leadership there. I, I do think, though, that there are opportunities for this Wisconsin team to to move the ball on Purdue. They need to take advantage of opportunities and just – you can't turn the ball over against this team. Purdue has six forced turnovers this year. Four of them came against Iowa. So this isn't a team who's known for getting turnovers, but when they do get them, they can run with a, run away with the game. Iowa had a complete reversal of turnover luck on them, and um, Wisconsin has all year long struggled with turnovers. Maybe this is a game that hopefully things can swing back the other direction for the Badgers. Yeah, that, that is certainly going to be an, an interesting wrinkle to watch as well. And we'll talk about you know, turnovers on the Purdue offensive side as well. as So winning that margin will be a, a something that you certainly would like to do. Um, the, both of these offenses have shown that they are okay with sometimes giving it away, and uh, that will lead to um, some big struggles offensively and, and put your defense in, in tough spots that you don't want to put them in anymore. So. Overall, I don't think it's anything, you know, to, to kind of wrap up the offense, it's not anything overly complicated. It's just more execution and getting some of these other plays and, and creativity involved. And then the big one, hanging on to the football for what you can and try to sustain these drives and put points on the board. But I do agree with you, you know, there might need to be a little bit higher score output. That 27 range is probably where you need to be in play because you're going to going against, up against a Purdue offense that can score some points themselves. So, with that, why don't we go and, tra- and transition to Wisconsin's defense against this Purdue offense, which really, for the entire time we've been, you know, going against Wisconsin against Jeff Brom, it's been a lot of passes, very little run game. They're 124th in rushing offense, so you really don't need to worry about them running the ball all that much, other than to to maybe just keep the, the defense honest. But for Wisconsin's defense, that's been the strength of their unit is stopping the run. So now all of a sudden, you're going to go up against. Last week, a triple option attack. This week, a very pass-happy attack. Aiden O'Connell, a couple other quarterbacks will all be worked in there, and they're going to be throwing it around to star wideout David Bell, who is just a, an absolute beast. Last time he played up against Wisconsin, over 100 yards. Last week against Iowa, over 200 or 240 yards receiving. So he's going to be really the entire offense. When you look at Purdue statistically, he's the guy. I mean, they, they get it to him as much as they can. So how do you think Wisconsin's defense looks to go against and slow down a, a not only a pass-happy attack, but uh, a wide receiver that can really be explosive and get out in space and, and make huge plays, which can really disrupt the game plan? 
Yeah, they got to get pressure on Aiden O'Connell. I know Jack Palmer started off the year for them at quarterback, but O'Connell has really kind of taken ownership of that role here the past two games against Iowa and Minnesota, throwing for over 370 yards in each game. But he is not immune to turnovers. He is a guy who's thrown five interceptions this year. Um, Plummer had, hadn't thrown any, but he kind of limited what they could do offensively. So O'Connell is a guy that is kind of boomer bust, and they, the Badgers need to be able to make him uncomfortable um, with their pass rush and hopefully can make some plays on the ball in the secondary. I think that's the biggest thing. You're not going to be able to shut down David Bell. The kid is too damn good in, in my eyes. I, I think he's the best player in this entire game. Um, he's probably a first or second round draft pick um, in the upcoming draft. Um, and and he, he has made plays all year long. Um, you look at that, you brought up that he had 240 yards receiving last week. That's that's equal to, or just, I should say, one yard less than what Danny Davis has the entire season. So it, it kind of tells you just how explosive this kid is. He's averaging um, almost 18 yards of reception. He's got four touchdowns and 135 yards a game. Like, he is a guy that you're going to try to limit, but you're not going to be able to shut him down. So I would expect Wisconsin's defense is going to have to bracket him, and they need to make Aiden O'Connell uncomfortable and try to make some plays on the ball um, from here um, from time to time. Because I, I think that if you allow them to get their short and intermediate passing game just kind of going – I, I think Wisconsin's going to be in trouble. Uh, I really do. I think Wisconsin's got opportunities, but this is a game where if if you allow Purdue to feel feel okay about themselves, continue to ride a high after that Iowa game, I, I think this could get away from them. But if if you instead can immediately punch them in the mouth early, it, it can really um, send shockwaves quickly because I think that. This is a, a prime letdown opportunity for Purdue coming off that big win as well. So I, I think there's a lot at play in this game, but I think Jim Leonard will have a really sound scheme. It's just a, a matter of making sure that some of those communications issues in the secondary don't pop back up because we saw what Jahan Dotson did to the Badgers in that first week. And this is an equal, if not, I think, better wide receiver than, than Dotson. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with you. I think he is a, a better player than there. And, I mean, maybe it's – um, you know, just trying to pick one A and one B, but both receivers are extremely talented and can, you know, get loose for big plays. So I I agree with you. I don't think Wisconsin's going to be in a situation where you're going to come out and, and see David Bell completely shut down. A, that's that's a tall task to ask for. B, that's enti- Purdue, you know, essentially their entire offense. So I don't think um, I don't I don't think you're going to have a situation where he's going to be shut down because that means you've just completely shut Purdue down. They're going to find ways to scheme him open. They're going to get the ball in his hands because that's what they do. Um, and so for that situation, if you can hold him to, you know, Minnesota a couple of weeks ago held him to like 120, still won the football game. Iowa, 240, you know, you're going to lose the football game. So trying to keep him in a relatively normal number. I mean, you talked about last time Wisconsin played. They won the game uh, by a couple scores. David Bell had over 100 yards. He's probably going to get to, you know, to that mark, and that's maybe okay because as long as he's not breaking loose for 240 and just you know getting open for big plays and deep shots, which we've seen Wisconsin's defense be a little susceptible to, I think you'll be in an okay spot because right now, yes, he's putting up huge numbers. This Purdue offense is not necessarily scoring on all those opportunities. They've had the turnover issues. They've had a lot of issues where the, the drives have just stalled out and, and they've not been able to convert. I mean, 
up until the Iowa game, there was a lot of people talking about this offense just not being able to score, similar to Wisconsin. It's a different method. But, you know, they're very pass-happy versus Wisconsin is very run-happy, but they haven't been able to convert those points. So I do agree maybe there is a little bit of a letdown spot. I would think if, if, I, if Purdue lost last week to Iowa, maybe a little bit more nervous about this game, but maybe you catch them sleeping a little bit. So overall, it's a fascinating um, game plan for this Wisconsin defense because it's a different test than everything they've seen seen thus far. You haven't necessarily gone against anywhere close to an air raid type offense, which is basically uh, what this Jeff Brown unit is. Yeah, and, and you know, Xander Horvath going down with injury kind of tilted them um, much so to a passing attack. But you look at it, I'm glad you brought up that this isn't an offense that all of a sudden um, – you know, has just exploded into one of the best offenses in the country. Like, that's not the case. Like, they pass the ball a ton because that's what their personnel relies or needs them to be. But this is a team that scored 13 against Notre Dame, 13 against Illinois, 13 against Minnesota. They scored 24 against Iowa. But you got to remember that Iowa has a really good defense, and a lot of those scores came off short fields because of Iowa turnovers. They had four turnovers in that game and really swung everything their direction. So I don't necessarily think that this is an offense that is going to all of a sudden drop 35 on Wisconsin or that Wisconsin needs to worry. It's more about the fact that Wisconsin needs to limit um, the big plays, the big plays that David Bell can rip off. He's got 60 yarders this year. Um, and, and Milton Wright as well. He's a, he's a guy who can do some nice things from time to time. So Wisconsin needs to limit the, the big play, keep everything in front of them. I expect them to double team Bell and, and try to bracket him, make sure that somebody else has to beat you. But then it's a matter of Wisconsin's offense holding up their end of the bargain because I think the defense is going to keep, like every game, will keep them in this game and give them a good shot to win. Yeah, I think that's a fair thing to assume. You just want to you know, keep him in check as much as you can and give yourself a shot. Now it might be, like you said, it might be time for the offense to give them a little bit more because this defense might feel a little bit more strained. <laughs> you know, they're not going to play perfect every single quarter. So for, for them, I, I think they'll play really well, but this is going to be an interesting test for them for sure. But the other thing I wanted to mention, you know, defensively, I would want to say be ready for any sort of trick play. I mean, you're talking about Wisconsin has gone against this team and beat them 14 years in a row. I think Jeff Brown and his offense with the three quarterbacks, they, they do, you know, last time they played at Camp Randall, there was the double pass for a touchdown for Purdue. I think they'll be ready and for all sorts of gadget plays, wrinkles, stuff like that, to try and put points on the board because, like we've said, this offense didn't just come out of nowhere. They've they've struggled a little bit, so putting points on the board, and I think Wisconsin's defense will make them struggle a little bit. So can you contain some of those trick plays and things that might give them a quick strike and all of a sudden put the offense behind the eight ball having to come from behind? So I think that's one added thing to look out for because we know Jeff Brom is, is capable – and we'll have some sort of creativity drawn up in that department. Uh, absolutely. He he always has a, a, mm-hmm. a lot of things in the bag that he's willing to throw out there. So that is something that has hurt Wisconsin this year. We the, Remember that Michigan, their first score was that flea flicker. So it's, Wisconsin has been susceptible to that. But, so Wisconsin needs to be ready and, and just trust their eyes. And, and kind of hang back. And if that means that you give up the 15-yard the throw, that's fine. You don't want to give up the 70-yarder. Absolutely. I think that's a great point. All right, we'll move on now to we'll, – we'll get into the key matchup, which maybe we've already hit on it pretty you know heavily. Is the key matchup in your eyes just this Wisconsin secondary against David Bell? 
Yeah, on that side of the ball, it definitely is. In my key matchup that I wrote up that's coming out today, you'll notice that it's going to be focused on Bell because I think that's where it needs to, where it needs to be. Um, but I, I honestly think the other matchup on the other side is is Karlaftis. You look at him, he's been double teamed a lot this year. I think Wisconsin needs to chip. They need to do a lot of different things to try to help out um, against him, specifically in passing situations. He only has three sacks, so he hasn't been overly dominant. Um, by by any way, but he is a guy that if you let him get to the quarterback, he can make you pay. And Wisconsin needs to be able to try to keep him in check as well because he he's a dynamic playmaker when he has opportunities, and he is very good against the run as well. So I think that those are the two players. Like I said, I honestly think they're the two best players in this entire game. Um, and I, I think that's kind of an indictment on Wisconsin where they're at right now. But those are, those two guys are certified pros, and um, I think they're they're guys that can tilt the game if Wisconsin allows them to. Absolutely. Both of those guys are impact players that you'll have to keep an eye on on both sides of the ball. Really talented guys that if Wisconsin doesn't have a game plan for them, you're likely not going to be a good outcome in this contest. All right, that'll transition us over to the players we'll be talking about come Sunday. We always do this every week, pick some guys that we think will make an impact and be the guys that are in the conversation, win or loss. So last week, I, I believe we mentioned Leo Chanel. That one was nailed on the head. So who do you think will be the, the key matchup or a key player uh, that we'll be talking about come Sunday? I think, I think it's going to have to be the two cornerbacks for the Badgers. Like Fayon Hicks, Caesar Williams, they're, they're both – um, experienced guys, played a ton of football. Hicks is probably having his best year of his career at mm-hmm. this point with the six pass breakups. He's doing a lot of nice things. Um, he also missed that game due to injury earlier in the year. I think one of those guys has to make a play, and they're going to be they're going to be pressed um, quite a bit here against Bell. And um, going against a top level guy like him, it's it's the plays that they if they can make a play, it can help this team out. It, it goes a long way. So. I think that those two are going to be who we're going to be talking about, whether good or bad. I, I really do. I think that that's going to be the difference in this game in a lot of ways is how they handle Bell because we talked about it. That is their offense. Their offense is get him the ball as much as humanly possible. And sometimes that means they force feed him, which gives you opportunities at the back end to make plays on the ball. So I think it's going to be Hicks and Williams, what they can do and, and how good they look. Yeah, I think those two you you have to look at first and just say, yep, those are going to be the guys. I mean, they're going to be on him pretty much exclusively the, the entire game. You know, I don't know if it's going to be just Hicks moving him around and trying to keep him with him or if it's going to be a mix of both, but either of them are going to be strained and tested um, by, like we mentioned, probably the best receiver they face all season long. I would say, you know, with, with Dotson, a one-two type of mentality, and we saw him get loose for big plays. The other one I mentioned is similar on that secondary, Scott Nelson, Colin Wilder. The communication, you mentioned it a little bit earlier. If there's going to be double teams, making sure that if you're planning on one guy being in a spot and, and he's the, make sure that he's there, assignment football in the secondary. You don't want to let, you know, you mentioned it, that 15-yard pass turn into a 70-yard touchdown pass type thing. So I think communication in the secondary is going to be huge. Up front, you feel good. You just hope that some of these guys can maybe get some more pressure, make Aiden O'Connell uncomfortable a little bit. But the overall overarching player that you're going to be talking about in this game, for good or for bad, is going to be the secondary. Because if they play really well, you know, similar to, you know, if Fayon Hicks has a game like against Notre Dame where he just plays well, a lot of pass breakups, we'll be talking about him and the game that he had. If the secondary plays bad, once again, I think you're going to, you know, that's probably a situation where some big plays were hit 
it was magnified a little bit. And on Sunday, you'll be talking about, man, you know, this Wisconsin defense is good, but the secondary has been hit for some big plays. Maybe that's a little bit of their Achilles heel. Offensively, I, I think once again, you know, Graham Mertz, if he makes some plays, you know, if you get some creativity, maybe a guy like Danny Davis, he's had big games against Purdue before. Hopefully he can get loose. But again, in order to do that, you've got to throw the ball more than 15 times to get the ball in his hands. And like we said last episode, I'm not holding my breath that we're going to see that offensively. So it's likely going to be um, maybe the maybe the Wisconsin offensive line, if they hold up really well, shut down George Carlotte. This will be some guys that we'll be talking about there. But I know, of course, that unit is a little banged up. But either way, I think the focal point will certainly be the Wisconsin secondary in this matchup. For sure. In offense, it's just about figuring out a way to put points on the board. It doesn't matter how it's done. It doesn't have to be pretty. I think everybody at this point understands that Wisconsin is 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 struggling on offense, but you need to figure out a way to get points and help this defense out. If they, if they do that, they can give themselves a shot to win this game. If not, I don't think they will, right? Like, I think that is football 101, and this offense needs to to do a little bit here to, to help this team out. Special teams, I think, is also going to be – playing an important role here, especially when you consider that they're going to have a new kickoff return guy. They're going to have some shifts here um, as a team. One thing I wanted to bring up is, is, and we had talked about this in the summer, kind of leading into this game, because we you know, talk about football and basketball year-round um, on our podcast, but this, this shift in we talked about this window as being this Army game, Purdue game, and then Iowa game and just the contrasting styles between the three as mm-hmm. is really going to be a challenging part to this team. I think both teams are coming in from really physical games where they're probably feeling a little a little banged up, and they're coming into a game where Purdue's going to try to finesse this. Wisconsin's going to probably try to run the ball. Maybe this allows a guy like Braylon Allen to get loose and, and wear a, a Purdue team down because – Iowa plays a physical brand of football, and if this team went from that, there's you know there's a some body blow theories out there that hey if you keep chipping away at it, eventually you can break through. Um, maybe that's their plan. We haven't seen that from this Wisconsin team yet that they've been able to wear a team down in the second half with the run game. Um, instead, it's actually been usually in the second half they you know turtle up, especially last week. But maybe. You know they continue to, to throw those haymakers, and eventually they can uh, you know break through. So maybe Braylon Allen has a big game or Ches Malusi because of um, kind of the the hurting that Purdue is going to be taking in back-to-back games that are probably going to be fairly physical. Yeah, I think that would be a welcome sight to see this Wisconsin running game just come out and and be physical and and really just take it to this Purdue defensive line. That yeah, that's a great point. Certainly could be a little bit. Um, wore down from back-to-back weeks of very physical football that you'll see from both Iowa and Wisconsin. So that's a a great point to look for as the Badgers try to move the ball offensively. All right, that brings us to the score prediction time. Honestly, I am really having a hard time trying to figure out where I want to go with a score prediction because I think this game is is, could go a lot of different ways. So what do you have for a score prediction in this contest? You want to go first, or do you, or do you want to hear what I have first? You go ahead. You go ahead. Okay. So you mentioned it. Wisconsin has not lost to Purdue since 2003, when Jim Leonard was a junior um, on on the on the team. So I honestly think that I look at this matchup, and 
Wisconsin's offense. I just don't know if if there's going to be enough to to score to beat Purdue this year. I uh, I think Wisconsin can win it. I think it's kind of a toss-up game, but right now I just look at this and I worry about turnovers because that's hurt Wisconsin all year round, um, all year long. And I and I look at it and I do think that Purdue has the two best players in this game, which which scares me. So and one on each side of the ball that I think are difference makers that Wisconsin just kind of lacks at this point. So um, I think Wisconsin's got the horses to win this game, but for right now I'm I I have a hard time picking Wisconsin in, against a team that is. Um, capable because we haven't seen the the stellar performances that that would give you hope that things are trending in a different direction. I know they've won their last two, but I think that Purdue is an uptick in competition from both Illinois and um, and Army. So because of that, because Wisconsin has struggled at times against the past with big plays, um, and knowing that hey their defense can be amazing all game long, but if they hit one play because of a short field, it it, it could doom them. I'm going to go with um, Purdue in a really close one. And it, and it, I hope I'm wrong. I really do um, because I want the Badgers to win this game. And, and I think that they can. But I, I just, based off my gut right now, I, I'm having a hard time going against Purdue. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I, I think it's a situation where you, like you mentioned, you hope you're wrong. But at this point, we've seen you know this this type of offense from Wisconsin, and until we see something different, it's hard to sit here with confidence when they're playing against a team that is that level and uptick in, in competition. You know, Illinois and Army, not necessarily the, the, the greatest teams out there in college football. Yeah, you took care of business, but it wasn't always pretty in those games either, and now you're going up against a group that um, is not only hungry to beat you after not beating them for, for over a decade, but um, but really playing better football, and I think that Iowa win. I, I, I'm interested to see if that propels them into a, a huge momentum shift where all of a sudden Purdue gets on a run here, wins this game, and, and puts themselves in the driver's seat, or if all of a sudden it creates a situation where they're a little lackluster coming into this game. I, I don't expect them to be come out coming out and, and starting too slow against Wisconsin, so I think Wisconsin can hang around. Um, we'll probably get a feeling if Wisconsin has to come from behind in this game, if they get hit for big plays, that might be a struggle. So I'll say Purdue right now like a 23-20 type game where maybe Wisconsin's offense does wear them down, get some points on the board, but maybe not quite enough. And we'll hope that um, we're both incorrect. Maybe this reverse drinks will work. But right now, <laughs> until I see something otherwise from the offense, it's hard to sit here and say, yeah, they're going to beat a, a high-quality team like this in, in Purdue, which has been playing a lot better, um, especially last week, and, and got some momentum. So I think that uh, that sets them up either really nicely or we'll see reverse, and it'll set them up poorly, and Wisconsin can find a way, however ugly it may be, to win this contest. Yeah, I, I honestly think that this game could go multiple ways. It's either going to be complete and utter you know, grossness where it's like 13-9 to 9 type game, um, or it could be something to where um, Wisconsin or Purdue t- takes advantage of a bunch of turnovers and is able to kind of pull away a little bit. Um, I really think it's either one or the other. Um, I don't see this being um, anything crazy. I do think, though, that there's a, a possibility for this to be similar to that Wake Forest game, where Wake Forest did a lot of similar things that was, that Purdue wants to do, that if Wisconsin can get a couple turnovers, can get after the quarterback, swing momentum back their way, they could run away with it. But at the same time, I just haven't seen enough from the offense to think 
that they're going to be able to do that and take advantage of those things if the defense gives it to them. So I think if Wisconsin's offense can get moving, they can win this game. But I just – I'm going to hedge a little bit because I just haven't seen it yet, and I know you're feeling the same way. Yep, let's hope that we do see it and we are proven wrong. I think that would be a welcome sight for a lot of different Badger fans. All right, guys, that wraps up our Wisconsin-Purdue preview. Now we'll get into our Big Ten picks for the week. A few notable games in the conference overall. We'll start with the 11 a.m. on Fox, um, Northwestern traveling to Michigan. Any upset here, or do the Wolverines take care of business? I think Michigan will easily take care of Northwestern in this one. I, I know that Northwestern got a big win last week, um, but I think Michigan's just a, a much better football team at this point. Yep, I totally agree. I think the Wolverines roll here at home against the Wildcats. You know, Northwestern is is Northwestern at this point. So Wisconsin, we know what they're going to kind of bring, and uh, I don't think it's going to be enough to knock off the Wolverines. All right, the other, another 11 a.m. kick, Illinois traveling to Happy Valley to take on Penn State. Uh, who do you like in that one? Yeah, I mean, uh, Brett Bielma kind of saying that his team isn't talented enough probably yeah. doesn't set them up for a, a, a great showing at Penn State. So I'm going to go with Penn State, regardless of who's that quarterback for uh, the Nittany Lions. Yeah, that is uh, that was a rough one for um, if you're an Illinois fan to, to hear that. I mean, you know, you're you're essentially rebuilding it, but for the players on the team right now, that's got to be a tough one to sort of buy into uh, some of the rest of these games. So um, I'm going to go Penn State as well. Unfortunately, the quarterback situation there is a little bit, um, you know, dicey, but I still think they find a way to to take care of business and knock off uh, this this Illinois team that is is really struggling. All right, the next one, 2.30 on ESPN2, an interesting game between 4-2 and two Maryland and 4-2 and two Minnesota. Who do you like there? I think this is the best game. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, outside of maybe the Wisconsin-Purdue game, I think both these games going on at the same time are going to be really good. Um, I, I think this game could go either way. I really do. Um, I'll probably lean towards Minnesota here. I think that they've um, come on here recently. They've played better football. Um, the last two weeks since that um, Bowling Green loss, but I, I think that Minnesota will win it. I don't know if they if if they get in the shootout. I think Maryland will be able to take care of business, but um, I do think that right now, um, because you see some of the injuries that have kind of popped up here for Maryland um, on the offense, I, I think I'm going to go with um, Minnesota. Yeah, this is a weird game. I mean, you look at it on, you know, last time these two teams met, it was that type of shootout. Maryland won. I could see it going that way. And and if they get into that shootout, Maryland wins it. If not, though, I, I see Minnesota as a team that comes out on top. Um, I, I look at the Minnesota pass defense. It, it has struggled a little bit. Maryland, like you mentioned, has got some injuries, but I still think they find a way. The, the spread of five is a really interesting one where I think I'd probably need Maryland there. But I'll say I'll say the Terrapins pull off the the road victory, but I'm not at all super confident in that game because I think it could really go either way and, and should be a really fascinating matchup. Yeah, uh, I, I, oh god, I was just say I think it's going to be fascinating to see how Maryland looks coming off of playing mm-hmm. Iowa and Ohio State, right? Like they have taken on the two best teams, most likely in the conference um, at the time and two really physical teams and got absolutely shelled by both of them. So how they rebound, I think, is going to be tell a lot about this team, I should say. Most definitely. All right, we'll move on to the nightcap, 630 ABC, Ohio State traveling to Indiana. Early in the season, we thought this would be a huge contest, but uh, unfortunately for the Hoosiers, uh, they've really had a tough year so far, starting out two and four. 
Is it uh, Ohio State rolling there, or does Indiana have some magic in there to try and pull off this upset? I think I think uh, Ohio State will roll on them. I think C.J. Stroud is just going to kind of continue to pad stats and look like a guy who could compete for the Heisman Trophy. I, I think Ohio State is playing back at a, a positive level. I know it's only been a couple games, but I, I just think the talent's there on, on the offensive side of the ball where Indiana doesn't have the juice to be able to keep up with them. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head. This this is Hoosier offense. You know, their, their defense played really well last week against Michigan State, um, but the Hoosier offense just does not give you enough to compete and, and score with a team like Ohio State. You thought maybe, you know, last year with the Big Ten Championship and Ohio State getting it over Indiana, maybe there's a chip on their shoulder, but I still don't think, you know, all the chippiness and grittiness, everything like that is enough to beat a super talented team like this and keep, allow them to keep pace with it. So, I think Ohio State uh, wins this one on the road as well. All right, guys, that wraps up our portion of the podcast. As always, thank you for listening. We do still have some more Purdue coverage to get to. Um, We've got Casey Bartley of Hammer and Rails. He joins us to talk a little bit more about George Karloftis, David Bell, and this entire Purdue offense. So we'll knock out our couple quick ad reads, and then we'll be back with you shortly. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, Badger fans, we are now joined by Casey Bartley of Hammer and Rails to talk some Purdue football a little bit further in depth than Matt and I's conversation in regards to the Boilermakers. Obviously fresh off a huge win over then-ranked number two Iowa Hawkeyes, which completely opens up the Big Ten West once again for possibly a path for Wisconsin. We'll have to wait and see, but also possibly a path for Purdue. So this should be a huge contest on Saturday. Casey, first off, thanks for joining us. And uh, how big was that – or how fun was that win over the Hawkeyes on Saturday? Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Tyler. Um, it was the most fun I've had for football in a, quite a long time. <laughs> it's been a sour couple of years, so it was fun to finally watch Brom be Brom again. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a very fair assessment. I mean, it was it was, it was just a, a crazy game. You thought maybe, I, I guess, I don't know. And that's maybe, That transitions as well to the first question because – Starting with last week, that huge win. How big of a momentum shift do you feel that is from where this team was at? Because I know early in the season, you know, last few weeks before that Iowa game, offense was struggling a little bit, which usually – and the defense is playing really well, keeping Purdue in games. Usually, I know in, in Purdue and Jeff Brom's past 10 years, that's kind of been the op- opposite, where the offense is going, the defense maybe takes a little bit to get going. So how big of a, a momentum shift do you feel that that game uh, gave this team? I mean, it's got to be huge. Our defense has been good all season, but our offense had really struggled. Uh, we put up 13 points against Minnesota, 
13 against Illinois, back-to-back games. So definitely with Aiden O'Connell taking over as quarterback, we really needed to see this offense actually work. Uh, we've been turning the ball over too much, not scoring in the red zone. And those are all problems that we kind of fixed. And we've got a lot of young guys, a lot of people that, especially on the offensive line that, you know, weren't supposed to start for us. But we had a bunch of people retire because of injury in the offseason. And that was by far our best offensive line performance. And that allowed O'Connell the time to get the ball to David Bell, which is a very good recipe for us. Yeah, yeah, that certainly worked out well. 240 yards um, for the Boilermakers um, and David Bell. Uh, against the Iowa Hawkeyes. So a huge game for him, Wisconsin fans. I, I know Matt and I were talking it earlier. That uh, is a matchup that uh, is keeping a lot of Badger fans up at night trying to cover uh, David Bell this upcoming weekend. But you kind of mentioned it with Aiden O'Connell. You know, Last week, Purdue trotted out three different quarterbacks for a little bit, but it was mostly Aiden O'Connell uh, throughout most of that game, played really well. Um, what is it that brings him to be the presumed starter and, and getting in the mix? And do you expect it? Is it is it gonna? Are we gonna see the other quarterbacks at some point this Saturday, or is it kind of Aiden O'Connell going forward here? Three is a magic number with us. We are a three quarterbacks. Now, <laughs> okay, three. We got three defensive coordinators, three quarterbacks. Now both sides of the ball are even there. Um, I think we definitely saw a blueprint that Brom's gonna stay with. Uh, Jack Plummer started the year off for us, played pretty well. If I'm honest, he's who I wanted to be quarterback from the start of the season. A lot more athletic, but O'Connell's the gunslinger. He's going to get the ball up the seam, get the ball into the hands of guys. And Burton is, you know, not – not he's more of just your prototypical athlete taking the snaps, uh, running in short yardage especially. So we'll, we'll see a little bit of Plummer and a little bit of Burton, but it's O'Connell's show, and that offensive performance pretty much locked that in. So it, O'Connell definitely puts more pressure on the defense. He also gives you a lot more chances to – take the ball away from him, which he's done quite a bit this season. And I think that, of course, whoever's the quarterback and throwing the ball has the pleasure, like we kind of talked about a little bit already, of throwing to David Bell, who's an incredible wideout. I know Wisconsin and Purdue didn't play last year due to COVID, but the first year that uh, David Bell was part of Purdue gets Wisconsin, I believe he had 12 receptions for over 100 yards. So Badger fans are, are a little bit familiar with him, but he definitely had an even further, you know, bigger coming out party last week. What, are, what is it about David Bell that makes him so good? Because he's kind of one of those receivers. He's, he's not just a possession guy. He's not just a speed guy. It seems like he's got all the tools there that, that makes up a great wideout. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. He's not small by any measure. Uh, he's pretty fast, has great hands, just runs really good routes. Uh, pretty much he can attack at all three levels. We've really seen his yak game this year uh, extend out and really make a a lot of plays against UConn, he made them look silly. But then even against big competition, uh, he pretty much took a crossing route from three yards away, stiff-armed a guy, and ended up the field, you know, 60 yards away. So he is, pound for pound, the best receiver in the Big Ten. And I will claim stake to that. I don't care what Ohio State says. Uh, he is just all around, great hands, great body control. So a lot of those tough passes downfield, he's – able to contort himself, and he just doesn't drop anything. So he is by far the most fun thing to watch uh, on the Purdue offense, and he's just been, yeah, 670 yards through the season already. Yeah, it's 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 pretty insane, the, the amount of, of catches and yards that he's got compared to the next guy. Um, but 
along with that, we've talked about the quarterback. We've talked about wide receivers. Who are some other names that Wisconsin fans might want to look to? Because, of course, there's the star wideout, but there might be some other players that will be in the mix that Badger fans might want to pay attention to offensively. Offensively, honestly, it's Bell. <laughs> I, I, I could lie to you offense, and right? say. <laughs> so our receiving core is pretty good. Uh, Milton Wright has really great size. Uh, Payne Durham is a tight end. Really great size, good athlete, terrible hands. Um, I think he's accounted for three interceptions this year just from dropping the ball, which is not ideal. Uh, TJ Sheffield kind of had a come-out game against Iowa. He's getting more involved, had eight catches. Uh, We're injured on the receiving core, but we had a lot of depth. So if you're going to be – first of all, y'all are bullies. (laughs) When you play us, you're bullies, and we don't appreciate it. And (laughs) I don't like that you pretend to be scared because you're going to just – hog molly us for the whole game, but we've got a little receiver in TJ Sheffield very fast. Uh, when we recruited him, you know, it was while we had Rondell Moore and he kind of looked like a guy who might be the next Rondell Moore. He's not that, not many people are, but he is very fast shifty and he's starting to get more involved with the offense after missing uh, the first game of the season. So he would probably be the next name that you would have to worry about. But by far, it seems like David Bell is the, the yeah. offense and, um, and certainly you know, just because he's the whole offense doesn't mean that it won't be an offense that Wisconsin fans should be a little bit nervous about facing um, because he is that dynamic and that tough of a matchup. But switching gears here, you know, I said it a little bit earlier, we're kind of used to Jeff Brom offenses now in the Big Ten West, pass happy, not a lot of running, big, you know, can sometimes really put up points. I know that hasn't really been the case this year, but you're not maybe used to seeing really good defenses from Purdue, but this year that, that Purdue defense has been excellent. So, what have been the big changes that have allowed this Purdue defense to excel so much further than what we've seen in years past? It definitely – so when you watch a defense that plays fast, which I think is the one thing you see when you watch Purdue play, you think it's more of a physical thing, like everyone's fast. But I think it's really that they've simplified the defense. The defensive players know the defense. They know their assignments. They know where they're supposed to be, and that allows them to react and play quickly. We are a fast defense. We are not very big, but we will attack gaps. We will get upfield. George Karloftis is a first-round talent at the defensive line. Our secondary has been surprisingly good. But the hidden truth behind all this is we've not played a quarterback that has thrown over, I want to say, 60% completion percentage on the season. Pretty much we've played a whole bunch of quarterbacks like you guys have that don't scare us, so we're able to be more aggressive to try to stop the run, get after the quarterback. And it's allowed us to play aggressive and free and swarm to the ball. And we haven't had to worry about getting, you know, blown out by a prolific passing offense. So we haven't been super tested. I think that's that's perfectly fair, and I don't know if Graham Mertz will necessarily be the best. But, uh, I'm we'll, just we'll, going to assume not. Yeah, I think at this point, halfway through the season, it's probably fair to assume not. But uh, like like I said on our, our podcast earlier in the week, I'm not going to hold my breath for this Badger offense to change too much. But you mentioned the, the big name defensively, George Karloftis. You know, Badger fans might be a little familiar with him. Of course, his younger brother, Yanni, was in the Wisconsin was in the mix in his recruitment, ended up enrolling at Purdue. So there'll be another Karloftis down the road. If he's anything as good as George Karloftis, watch out, uh, Badger fans, once again. But how big of an issue is he for opposing offenses? And what does he do that makes him just be that standout player that uh, can, can really wreck an offensive game plan? 
in the same way that David Bell is kind of good at everything catching the ball, Karloftis is he's super fast, he's strong, he's mobile. He can attack you at any way. What, what we've seen is his sack numbers aren't high because a lot of the teams have just decided, you know what, we are going to triple team him, do whatever you want elsewhere. But he is our target. And if you don't, like Iowa didn't, because Prince has never changed the game plan in his life, <laughs> uh, he's going to wreck you. You know, he had a couple big sacks that game. He is a problem unless you triple team him, which I would expect that you guys are going to shift your coverage to him at all times, try to give Mertz a little bit more time and test a secondary that can get beat deep. But he's just – he's blazingly fast. That's the thing you see above everything else. He will start out real wide and just go right around the tackle, and it's just a prayer to get a hand on him. Yeah, he's he's a tremendous talent. I know Badger fans, if you haven't seen him, all that much, but if you've tuned into some of the contests this year, he's just a guy that Wisconsin will have to be accounted for on every play because he can blow some things up pretty quickly um, and, and really cause havoc uh, on game plans as you move forward into this contest. That'll be the name to watch out for. So to keep it going here, to kind of wrap up as we get into, you know, our, we usually do a key matchup and score prediction. So we'll start with the key matchup. What is maybe one thing that you have your eye on from the Purdue, Purdue perspective that you'll be watching to see that might help determine the outcome of this game? Can Purdue protect? If they can give O'Connell some time, Bell's good enough and we have enough targets, and he has shown himself a willing enough passer to attack defenses that we will be able to move the ball if if he has time. You guys, uh, from what I see here, about a 7% sack rate, which is about 54th in the country. So if you can get to him, then they're going to have a problem, and they're not – we're not going to sustain a running game against you. We're, we're not going to be able to dink and dunk. We're going to need some of those 10 to 20-yard plays that Bell really excels at. So if we can protect O'Connell, we will have a chance. On the other end, you guys are just going to run all over us like you always do, I assume, like eight yards of carry. I, it's the only memory I have in my head of the last 20 years of playing the Badgers. <laughs> eight-yard run, eight-yard run, eight-yard run. Oh, we're bored, 40-yard run. That that just – it's horrifying. I think that's a, a fair assessment of, of what Wisconsin will, will try to do because right now we talked about it a little bit with this Wisconsin passing game. Not necessarily um, something that uh, is all to write home about and uh, will be likely a struggle once again for, for this group. But that will make an interesting layer for sure as Wisconsin tries to continue that win streak. So to wrap it up here, what do you think is the key matchup? Or Sorry, we did that one. What do you think for a <laughs> score prediction uh, in this contest? Um, I, it's going to be something – I don't think you're going to hurt us in the air, and I think we're going – We've shown that we are capable of really throwing everything at the run and slowing it down, but we just really struggle against really big offensive lines. We don't have a big defense, and they are going to wear down. I expect to see something in the 27 to 13 range. 
Yeah, I think that's uh, probably 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 accurate. I mean, I don't see Wisconsin necessarily putting up points. We haven't uh, seen that all season long. And Purdue, while that offense kind of came alive a little bit, I, I think this will be a, a test for Wisconsin in the secondary. So we'll have to wait and see. I think it's a, a fascinating matchup as you look at the uh, the Big Ten West and the picture. We'll see if Purdue can continue that uh, you know, that. Uh, Good offensive performance. I know David Bell will, of course, be the the one player to, to maybe have your eye on, but should be a really fascinating game in the race for the Big Ten West. Casey, thanks so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. Enjoy the game on Saturday. Absolutely. I'm sure you'll have more fun than me. Thanks for having <laughs> me on. All right, Badger fans, that wraps up another episode of the podcast. We'll be back with you to recap this game next week, as always, on Wisconsin. <laughs> Thank you.